0: Alright, I'll admit it. I don't know a whole lot of things. Very few things, actually. But, Parker Thune, if there's one thing that I do know, it is the OU fan base. I've been around the OU fan base essentially my entire life. I actually am in the OU fan base. Oh, so you're outing yourself as a homer. So, yeah, that's fine. I mean, whatever. So, um, I I feel like when something happens in college football... I know how the majority of the fan base is going to react to it. And I think that we, in terms of this subject, how fans feel about the way that college football is moving or the way that it's trending, I would venture to guess that there's not a whole lot of OU fans that really love the way that this sport is trending or in the direction that it's going. Not that the love for the sport has been lost, you know, or anything like that, but there's maybe some nervous people and some people saying, eh, I'm a little bit concerned about the direction, the way that college football is going. You know who is kind of the face right now, or who is the face in this new era of college football, which is an era, by the way, that I think most OU fans hate? I think I know the answer, but go ahead. Muleshoe. Yeah, there you go. Muleshoe yeah. is the face of the new college football and I think everyone from Oklahoma fans to Alabama fans to Florida fans, like all the schools that take football really seriously don't love the way that things are headed and he's the face of uh, this new college football that nobody can stand. In fact, I I mean just just to make sure that I'm right on this, text line, I'm I'm asking for your help. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Are you unhappy? Or are you happy with the direction that college football is kind of taking shape of right now? Now, I, I'll, I'll give props here. This this question was originated really by Josh Pata, 24-7 Sports. So um, I, I'm interested to see what the text line says. I've got a good feeling on what the text line is saying. But as I sit here today, Parker, I'm watching all the developments happening with college football, especially with the situation of Jordan Addison from Pitt. I'm not liking at all the direction that we are headed as a sport.
1: No, and if you're not concerned, you're one of a very predictable contingent of folks. The likes of Colin Cowherd and Bud Elliott.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. Bud Elliott has now entered Colin Cowherd category. That's really the uh, main point from this first segment. But this whole Jordan Addison situation is terrible. And speaking of Cowherd, I'm glad that you brought him up. I heard him saying this weekend uh, with, one of his, with one of the hires that he made on the, uh, his podcast network that he has, is well, what is Jordan Addison supposed to do? He was a great wide receiver, and now his quarterback just got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course he's going to leave because he's not going to have a good quarterback to throw in the ball next year. And that is the epitome of why I hate this new direction of college football, Parker. There's no more of, let's just stick around. I know my quarterback's gone, but maybe we got a good one waiting in the wings. I'm still a part of this program. I'm going to help it win. It's all about me. Whoa, whoa, I- I've been all in, but if we have a quarterback that I don't think is good enough,
1: that's the second that i like to go transfer okay, somewhere else. But, but hold on a second, Tyler. If it was about the quarterback, if it was about losing Kenny Pickett, then why didn't Jordan Addison enter the transfer portal four months well, exactly, ago? Exactly, exactly. Maybe it's because he didn't have somebody in his ear saying, "Hey, you know what? You know what? Come on out to USC. They'll buy you a house. They'll pay you three million bucks." God, it's so you disgusting. Can passes from Caleb Williams. It's it's awful. That wasn't happening four months ago, and that's the reason why Jordan Addison is only just now entering the transfer portal.
0: Text line says, "I'm very concerned." Muleshoe is the snake. I mean, the face of the new era of college football. Uh, not happy at all. The liberals are ruining it, just like everything else they touch. So we do, uh, we do get political on that one. Unhappy with the direction. I fear I will lose my passion for college football that I've had since 1970. And that's a real feel fear that I have, Parker. Um, I, I still think college football is going to be one of the biggest entities, sports-wise, that we have in this country. And I don't think that's going to fall off in one to two years. But if we continue to go at the trend and at the pace that we're going right now, I do wonder how much the interest for the sport could drop off in a you know five to ten year period. Man, I, I am I am very concerned with the sport that I love more than any other sport out there is going to continue
1: to look significantly different than it did 10 years ago. And look, as we were as we were talking about last hour when I was on with Steely, it isn't going to change the dynamic of high school football. It isn't going to change the dynamic in the NFL. The NFL is always going to be the top of the food chain in professional football. College football, with how much the sands are shifting and how much change the sport has undergone within the last year, there's a very real chance, Tyler, and there's a very real opportunity for this to go in a direction that causes it to fall out of favor with many fans. And, and here's and, what, yeah, no, go ahead, finish that thought. No, you're good, you're good. I well, want to hear what you got to well, say. Well, I, I, here's why I think it's so
0: awful, too, is again, the, the, the face of all of this, the face of tampering in college football, and we're seeing it again right now, it's Lincoln Riley. All right, he, he is kind of this new era, this new face of what's going on. But guess what? I don't think that he's going to be a head coach in college football in five to six years. He's going to do exactly what he did at OU. is He's going to change things. He's going to be this new face, tampering. He might actually lead the charge in college football changing quite a bit. And then Parker, he's going to dip off to the NFL. and It's not going to be his problem anymore. Just like he did with OU. He'll he'll leave in the middle of the night. Another sunny, uh Sunday, bloody Sunday situation. He'll be off to, to the NFL and
1: uh, leave the uh, world of ruin of college football behind him. I have little doubt about that. Do you think? Do you think maybe this is part of the reason why Muleshoe left? Do you think he realized that? Oh, you know what? I I really want to be the villain of the new NIL era, but I know that the administration at Oklahoma isn't going to be down with that, so I'm going to go somewhere where I can make that happen.
0: Uh, yep, yeah, I'm sure he made that decision in September, just like the uh, other reasons why he, why he wanted to leave. But sure, I, I'm sure that that factored in. Um,
1: I'm sure that was a major factor like a, c- a couple other things. Because consider this, consider this, Tyler. Everything Oklahoma is doing... Over the last five months since Brent Venables was hired, it's been almost anti NIL. Like they are kicking against the goads where everyone, like where everybody else in college football is running with the grain. Oklahoma's going against the grain. The sole program that they've implemented. That is their way of essentially communicating, hey, you know what? We could pay you a whole bunch of money to come play football for us, but we're going to make sure you're set up with guidance, with support, and with a network for the rest of your life. Very unhappy it's set
0: up for the rich, such as Texas and A&M, to succeed because of their deep pockets. Which, by the way, I don't care if it's the old school era or the NIL era. Texas and Texas A&M ain't winning jack squats, no matter what era we're in. You can go ahead and write down that that I said that one. I think if kids want to get paid for their NIL, that's fine. But there will have to be some type of contracts and a cap for each program. Yeah, I I am not just totally anti-NIL. Parker, I I do believe that players should be compensated in some way. They should be able to sell autographs or sell t-shirts or or whatever to make some extra cash. But we've gone way too far to the other side right now. And now we're tampering with rosters uh, in the month of May? Like we're tampering with kids who are the best players on their football team? Nah, man, that that that's crap. That's not the right way to do it. And by the way, I tried to get Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi on the show today. Oh no way! Let's just say that Pitt respectfully declined uh, my invitation to hop on the show today. Which I get it. I understand. <laughs> that's quite. You gotta understandable. shoot your shot sometimes. I really wanted Pat Narduzzi on the air today. That would have been awesome, because uh, allegedly, reportedly. He's tried to call old Muleshoe a few times over the weekend. And it sounds like, no surprise here, uh, Muleshoe wasn't picking up the phone when old Pat Narduzzi was trying to call him. With no shocker there.
1: With the direction that college football is headed, you know who this is going to eat alive? Is group of five coaches. Because it's going to be astronomically difficult for any group of five program to have staying power year after year. And to be able to cultivate consistency in terms of winning football games. Because take Wyoming as an example. Wyoming had a modestly successful season this last year. They won seven games. They won a bowl. And then what happened? Their quarterback hit the portal. Their top two receivers hit the portal. They had a couple of key defenders hit the portal, one of whom ended up at Oklahoma. And now they're essentially having to start from scratch. Yeah. With all of their proven talent on the way out. And so for a coach like Craig Bull, who is an outstanding football coach, if he manages to – if the stars align just so, such that he has a core of players that he can win nine, ten games with in a given year, okay, you go play out that season – you have a lot of success, you win a conference title, you win a bowl game, maybe close the year within the top 25. Then what happens the following year when 10 to 12 of those players decide, you know what, I can make a whole lot of money off NIL in the Pac-12, or in the ACC, or the Big 10, or one of those Power 5 conferences at a Power 5 school, I'm going to hit the portal and get out of old Wyoming. Sure. And why Wyoming
0: had that this year? You know, they they had a wide receiver go to Texas. I'm going to read some more responses. They're ruining it with this nil crap. It will hard to keep the. It will be hard to keep the passion moving forward because the players, most of them, are only at a school for the money and are likely to open the bidding up every off season to see if there is more money to be made. Exactly. Like like the off season in the NFL is crazy. It's exciting, and we saw that this off season, but. I don't think that there is a crazy offseason or a crazy free agency period now, Parker, like there is in college football. And free agency just started not too long ago. But now all of a sudden, there's way more tampering than there is in the NBA and probably even the NFL at this point.
1: We've totally
0: gone off the deep end, and I'm glad to see – I'm not glad to see that everyone's really nervous and doesn't like the direction of college football, but you're seeing all these texts that are coming in right now. All these texts are coming in left and right on the text line, which we appreciate, and everyone so
1: far is – yeah, they're ruining it with this NIL crap. Yeah, and per- perfect example on the Air Comfort Solutions text line just now. Murray State's basketball team had the best season in their program history, winning 30 games and an NCAA tournament game. They lost their head coach and 10 scholarship players. How the hell can you let this stuff go on? That comes from one of our listeners uh, from out-of-state 316 area code, which I don't recognize, but uh, the ref is worldwide. We appreciate yes. you all. But, yes, that is that is a phenomenal point. And that is a brilliant case study into why all of this is so messed up. It is messed up, and it's no surprise as to who's
0: leading the charge right now. Um, It's just, it's disgusting, man. And uh, we'll see how OU handles it moving forward. I think we all have a pretty good idea on how they are going to handle it with Brent Venables. I just hope that this is the model that wins out. I, I think it is going to win out, Parker. I, I think it is. I, I really, I adamantly believe that if you do not make NIL a focal point, you've got to be bought in it somehow. But if you don't make it a focal point, I think that's overall what's going to be healthiest for your program. I think that that's what's going to win out. But, boy, I hope I'm right on this deal. Because I think the worst thing for college football now are the programs out there, the AMs, the USCs, the Texas. Those teams who are so aggressive with this, if they see some immediate results and everyone else says, oh, wow, look what they did with NIL,
1: we have to do the same if we want to keep up. And the worst aspect of all of this, Tyler, is that the tampering is now being flaunted. Because it's all technically legal, right? Like, the NCAA could go dig into this, which they won't because they're the NCAA, but they could go dig into this situation and they won't be able to dig up Much, if any, dirt on Mule Shoe in all of this because I guarantee you that he has cribbed his shafts to a certain extent to the point where he's not going to be able to get taken down. He's going to have all those loopholes exploited such that if there comes an investigation out of all of this, he's going to be acquitted of any wrongdoing all of what he's doing is technically legal and because it's all technically legal it's out in the open being flaunted and it's not just usc that's doing it obviously this situation with jordan addison is the most recent and most glaring example but it's happening all across the country right now yeah and i don't know how you reverse this trend I don't know how you fix this. I uh, I
0: don't know either, and I don't think anyone else has that Parker or has that answer, Parker. Um, I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you. I mean, I got some ideas on how it could get better, but until you know the NCAA gets some power back um, and there's some guardrails put up, I, I don't I don't see it necessarily changing anytime soon, and that really scares me for the sport that I love above any other that's out there. <laughs> so not to be uh, all gloomy on this Monday here I I mean I think the good news is that I don't think OU is going to operate at the level that USC, Texas, and Texas A&M is. And I think that that's ultimately going to win out. But this is not a good weekend for the outlook of college football. And the uh, text line agrees. You're, you're seeing all the texts as well as I am. And everyone's uh, a little bit nervous. And, and does not like how things are being handled right now in the sport. By
1: the way, uh, quick piece of news as we hit a break. Noah Arinzi has entered the transfer portal. So, mm. uh, portal entry number three among scholarship players for Oklahoma. Not a huge loss. Uh... I want to say he'd only seen the field in a couple games over his career at Oklahoma, had never cracked or even really sniffed the two deep. Uh, but there you go. That's another scholarship spot that is opening up for Dorian
0: Plumley, also in the transfer portal, but he wasn't a scholarship guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technically four players off uh, this year's team so far. Uh, in the transfer portal. So we'll uh, let you know if uh, any others come out today. All right, keep the text coming on the Air Conference Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. More to come next on Locked In. It's the ref. Locked In with McComas and Thune on this Monday. We're inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. If I were to ask you amongst college football fans if you found a way to poll everyone, who are the three most hated teams, three most hated programs right now across the country, Bama would probably be number one. Uh, Who would be two and three? Would Texas be two? And is USC
1: quickly trending to be the third most hated program in college football? Yeah, I would say so. And Muleshoe might be the most hated figure in the entire college football landscape right now. And that's kind of the silver lining in all of this is that the rest of the nation is now beginning to come around to the OU fan base's side. They're beginning to realize, oh, you know what? OU fans might have seemed butthurt at the time, but no, they were spot on about this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the SEC, they'll latch on to anything if it means, you know, someone didn't come to their conference because they were scared. I mean, that, that that's tailor-made for those fans, Parker. They're going to latch all over that and make fun of that guy and hate him. So I don't think the SEC necessarily needs another reason to make fun of him or to even hate him. But... Um, but I, I I do think, I, I think Muleshoe, Nick Saban has kind of been the, the most hated coach in college football, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of respect. You know, LSU fans hate him. Auburn fans hate him. But I think deep down somewhere, they do at least respect what he's been able to accomplish in Tuscaloosa. Lincoln Riley's never really done anything team-wise that demands a whole lot of respect. Never gotten over the hump and won a semifinal game. Never has won a national championship. So I think you're right. I think he is trending towards the most hated coach in the sport. And I think USC, where they've always been a hated program, but as they dropped off, they kind of out of sight, out of mind a little bit. I think the three most hated programs in college football, you've got Alabama 1, you've got Texas 2, and I think you have USC 3. And I think USC could very much end up at number 2 by potentially the end of this season.
1: I think they're rapidly approaching number two, actually. It depends on how successful they are. They're going to be a lot easier to hate if they win this year. So it's kind of like, from that perspective, it's kind of a win-win if you're an Oklahoma fan pulling for USC's demise. Because if USC has a reasonably successful year, then the hate for them across the nation is only going to exponentiate. And if they fall flat on their face, well, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, Text line, actually
0: most of us that are not Oklahoma fans have known way longer than you guys that Riley was a snake. Welcome to the party, pal. It's nice to be here. Who are you a fan of? East uh, Carolina? I don't know. I I will ask you on the text line who you're a fan of. Can't even hate Bama anymore. I feel like they are still doing it right. Respect has taken the place of hate. Around here, yes. I still feel like in the SEC, though, there's quite a bit of hate for, for Alabama fans. But... I'm sure they've operated in a gray area maybe more than we realize. I, I don't know, Parker, but Bama is seemingly doing it the right way um, and still at the highest level at
1: this point. At least it seems that way. Yes. How, uh, like, here's the difference between Alabama and USC right now. USC is throwing money in every direction trying to build a successful program and a program that's actually going to be worth – people's time as far as the hating goes. Alabama already has that. Alabama doesn't need to throw around all that money. Nick Saban like Nick Saban perhaps more so than any other coach in college football he could be the coach that says all right we're not doing NIL here at Alabama and he'd still be every bit as successful as he has been over the last decade and a half. Sure.
0: By the way, Sean on the text line says I'd also guess Riley isn't real popular amongst other coaches. I, I could definitely see that being a scenario. Um, he is, I, I don't know if you want to call do you want to call it taking a shortcut here? Taking a, taking a real shortcut, doing some real snaky things to build up your roster? I don't think that that really jives with a whole lot of coaches out there. Now Jimbo in College Station might be saying, hey, I see nothing wrong with it. I think it's a great move by old Lincoln. But I think most head coaches out there are, yeah, we're not really fond of this dude. The way that he operates, you know, the tampering that happens here. And I'm not naive. I don't think that Lincoln is the only head coach out there that is tampering with players. I I definitely think that that is happening even way more than we want to believe. But he is leading the charge right now. And I think most coaches look at him like, yeah, he's a punk. He's a punk.
1: One listener says, do you guys think any OU players were getting texted by Shoe directly after he took the Southern Cal job? And if so, do those players have receipts? Well, I, th- that's one of those things I think we will never know for sure. Unless somebody just wants to come out and dox Riley which I don't think any of his players are going to do, probably because I think they realize he might be my NFL head coach in four or five years.
0: Yeah, um, I I do think that there was probably contact that was made, Parker, if I had to guess, but maybe not directly from Ole Shoe himself. Um, I mean, he's probably right when he says that he hasn't directly communicated with, with any recruits, but we know that there's ways around that. There's definitely ways around that. I I think some of those kids were contacted uh, one way or the other, if I had to guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a pretty safe bet.
0: By the way, I hate to bury the lead from the weekend, but I think we've already done that 30 minutes into the show. Uh, Poor, poor, poor Texas, by the way. You know about the zero players drafted in the NFL Draft, which I believe that's the second time in nine years. Second time in nine years that the University of Texas hasn't had a player selected in the NFL Draft. But then it got even worse. We've been talking about O'Shawn Mathis for three months now. He's a really good player from TCU that's been in the portal for a while. believe he's a defensive end. Um, Widely speculated that he was going to end up at UT he is not going to Texas. He is actually going to Nebraska. So that was a, that was a little bit of a hit for Texas this year as they tried to improve significantly off of a defense that was very, very poor from last year. So um, it, with a university that's taken a lot of tough L's over weekends in the past uh, six months or so, this one was uh, up there in, in terms of tough
1: L's. Yeah, th- let's think for a second about all the schools that did get a player drafted <laughs> this past weekend. Tulsa had a first-rounder. Fayetteville State had a draft pick. Lenoir Ryan had a draft pick. Missouri State did. I believe Missouri State did. Really? The fact that Texas comes up with an offer speaks volumes. Again, I'll continue to say it. No program does less with more. I mean, you don't have to be a great program to get one player drafted. You just
0: mentioned it. No, you just have to be a program. And, And it wasn't just, you know, well, this was, it's been an awkward time with the, you know, the COVID extra year and everything that happened. Like, yeah, it's not a great look, but all those combinations just led to somehow Texas not getting a player drafted. But I believe the same thing happened in 2014. So this is not the first time recently where this has happened. And, like, look if look at their uh, long run of not having a first-round pick. Who who was their – was Malcolm Brown the defensive lineman, the last first-round
1: player that they've had yes. in the NFL draft? they have not had an offensive first-round pick since Vince oh, Young in my 2006. Gosh. Uh, Johnny H. asks on the text line, Do the OU por- players in the portal end up at USC? That's probably where the safe money is, and that's not me talking as if I have intel on that situation, because I don't know. It's always a toss-up when a kid enters a portal, and a toss-up, especially when you have a guy like Nathan Rollins-Kibange and or Noah Arinzi that doesn't have any film at the collegiate level. You never know where they're going to end up, but because of the familiarity factor, yeah... USC would probably make sense for those guys. Um, It just depends on whether they end up being a take there because that's one thing is doing. He is completely revamping USC's roster. He is pushing guys to the portal in order to bring in the guys that he wants.
0: Yeah. And they're still, I think they're ten. They are 10 they have got like ten scholarships available. I, I, I want to say they they've got a lot of scholarships available. So I'm sure Jordan Addison isn't the only one being tampered with in the portal at this point. We're just talking about him because he's really really good. Didn't
1: Kansas get a player drafted? Another win over Texas. That comes from the Texas. Yeah, well. my uh,
0: maybe my favorite. If you even want to call it a stat, uh, my favorite thing from the weekend. Mac Brown's final year featured zero NFL draft picks. Charlie Strong's last year featured a loss to Kansas. Tom Herman's last year featured a defense that gave up 30-plus points to Oklahoma after halftime. Steve Sarkeesian managed to get all three feats done in just one year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trending up, baby. All gas, no brakes. All oh, gas, no breaks. Last text here
1: before we hit the break. What are the odds Tawi Walker gets one of the vacated transfer scholarships? Yes, I am all in on that. Give that dude a scholarship. If there's anybody that earned it this spring, I would say it's Towie Walker. Yeah,
0: no, he definitely did.
1: Hey, keep the text coming,
0: 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More college football, more croutin'. On the other side, it's locked in, live on the ref. Elite Roofing Systems, bringing to this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Elite Roofing System, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Locally owned and operated Headquartered in Norman and Tulsa and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. Give Elite Roofing Systems a call today. Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Or check them out, EliteRoofing.com. Probably should have mentioned this earlier in the show, but thoughts and prayers go out, Parker, to the three OU meteorology students, uh, their families, Drake Brooks, Nick Nair, and Gavin Short, who tragically passed away on uh, Friday night chasing a tornado. Thoughts and prayers are definitely uh, with their family because that was a, just an awful, awful, awful situation that happened on uh, Friday night to, to three OU students that, you know, you see Jaden Knowles tweet some stuff out and some other kids involved in the meteorology department, three kids that were really, really loved at that university just a, just a tough situation for everyone involved there. So thoughts yeah, and prayers absolutely. go out to their families. And
1: that's a, that's a stretch of road I've driven many a time. So, uh, to hear that that happened where it did, and that you had three individuals that were part of this local community, part of the very prestigious OU meteorology community at that were involved. Yes, it's, it is tragic. And again, thoughts and prayers.
0: Yeah, um, some recruiting stuff. Jaden Greathouse, wide receiver. What's four star wide receiver? Jaden Greathouse is that correct? I believe twenty four seven has as a, a four star. I'll double check that. Yes, one. Yes,
1: he is. He is a uh, composite four star, top one fifty player in the nation. It's interesting, Tyler, because occasionally you'll see players that originally are classified as wide receivers that ultimately develop into tight ends. It was the opposite for Jaden Greathouse. He was originally being evaluated and uh, ranked as a recruit as a tight end, but morphed into a wide receiver, which is, again, very much a a unique journey uh, as far as a high school player essentially doing the inverse of what often is the path for bigger pass catchers like that. But, no, this is a kid that, I mean, has kept his recruitment as close to the vest as any player in the 2023 class, he he's only announced 13 FBS offers, and I promise you he has way more than that. Sure, like that, that's one of those kids where you could look at his offer list and you could say, okay, yep, there is absolutely no, no shot that kid only has 13 offers. He's just only publicized 13 of them. So, uh, by the way, huge props to Shane Beamer and his staff at South Carolina for making the Final Four alongside Notre Dame, Texas, and Oklahoma. Yeah, for a kid out of, out of Austin, Texas. That's, just, that's one of those recruitments where, historically, South Carolina has not had any business being at the top of the list for a kid like that. So, no,
0: especially in the state of Texas. There have been uh, you know teams in the SEC and even Ohio State that have had some recent success in Texas, but that just hasn't been... I mean, South Carolina really hasn't needed to really mine the state of Texas to try to find elite players, so... Yeah, man, he's doing a really good job, and uh, he's he's um, they they are in maybe in more homes and more situations than they've been in a while. Where does uh, – what, there's a couple crystal balls. Texas has got a crystal ball for him. Wilt Fong's
1: got him to Notre Dame. What are OU's real chances here for this four-star wide receiver, Jaden Greathouse? Well, he's going to take an official visit, and he's going to take an official visit in the month of June. I believe the plan is for him to be at the Champion Barbecue. So OU's going to have a chance to make an impression – I I think Notre Dame, just kind of reading between the lines, and again, he's never said much about his recruiting process, but reading between the lines, Notre Dame is kind of the one school that has always been the safe bet for Great House, but he's visited Oklahoma multiple times. So that's one of the ones where you don't let yourself get too optimistic, but I'm saying there's a chance, and there is a chance, that Oklahoma ultimately ends up signing Jaden Great House. How much of a chance? I think we'll know after the first weekend in June. Five star running back Stacy
0: Gage, he tweeted out late last week that a big uh, announcement is coming today, so we should stay tuned for that one. I have not seen the big announcement take place yet. You got any inkling as to what we can expect today from Stacy Gage? Uh,
1: not going to be anything schools related. Uh, that's as much as I can say. Okay. So we
0: shouldn't expect him to commit not, to OU or drop a top five. Not committing, not dropping like a top
1: school's list, none
0: of that. Uh, five-star defensive lineman working on an OU official visit. That was on your homepage of OUinsider.com. I think Steve Wiltfong may have dropped that. Who's this
1: five-star defensive lineman that's looking to make a visit? Now, I hadn't seen Steve drop that on the front page. So uh, was, that, was that this morning that uh, this morning? that it, in? Earlier
0: today is uh, when I saw it. I'm, I'm hoping that this wasn't like a – three-day-old story or something like that.
1: <laughs> okay, yep, here we go. Uh, I'm pulling this up, and I'll tell you exactly who it is. Uh, yep, I figured. Peter Woods. Uh, so Oklahoma made the top four for Peter Woods. That's mostly due to the fact that he had the pre-existing relationship with Brent Venables and Todd Bates. Going back to the Clemson days, look. Still feel like that's Alabama? It's, it's Alabama, and if it isn't Alabama, I'm going to be shocked because – Every signal in the world has pointed in Alabama's direction in Peter Woods' recruitment for over two years now. So I will be astonished if he ends up anywhere else. And quite honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't committed to Alabama yet.
0: Peter Woods, a five-star defensive lineman out of the state of Alabama. Uh, yeah, seems like everyone thinks roll tight on him. I want to bring up uh, one other prospect. I believe he's a four-star. Uh, he is a linebacker, Phil Picciotti, out of the state of Pennsylvania, correct? Yes. So the deal
1: with Phil Picciotti is, of course – Any kid that grows up in the state of Pennsylvania, it's really, really hard to pry him away from Penn State, Tyler. Now, Oklahoma has done an outstanding job in that recruitment throughout the coaching transition, the point where Phil Picciotti's made three unofficial visits on his own dime to Oklahoma. So, that means something. And you don't want to say Oklahoma's out of the race because they're not. They should get an official visit, but... At the end of the day, kind of like we're talking about with Peter Woods, whereas I find it very hard to believe that Peter Woods doesn't ultimately stay home with the Alabama Crimson Tide, I similarly find it very difficult to believe that Phil Picciotti is going to leave the state of Pennsylvania and won't be playing ball in Happy Valley.
0: Yeah, hey, not related to recruiting, but thought that this was interesting. I am... um, I've been looking at more NFL draft mocks than normal, and it's, like, way too early for next year. Oh but I've looked at a ton of them because mostly I'm wondering where people think Dylan Gabriel falls in next year's draft, if he falls in next year's draft at all, like kind of where he's at right now. Now, you and I have talked about 2023, year two under Brent Venables. A lot of head coaches out there have broke through their second year and won a national championship. I think that that's pretty highly dependent for OU on if Dylan Gabriel were to come back. I think yes. that's pretty key. Now, I, I looked at a first-round mock today. There were six quarterbacks in the first round. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel was not one of them. Now, um, uh, way too early for a mock. again. Uh, things can dramatically change. I remember the year where Jake Locker was considered universally the number 1 overall pick going into a year and we know how that career ended it well, ended I mean, rather quickly. Spencer Rattler last year was going to be the number 1 pick to the uh, Houston Texans this past weekend. He's playing quarterback at South Carolina. So a lot of things can change, but the overall perception right now is Dylan Gabriel really isn't registering very high on kind of the radars in in terms of quarterbacks being taken next
1: year. Yeah, and I'm just – I'm not really putting too much stock into it at this point because – a year before Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray both went no, number one overall, no one would have put them totally. in the first-round conversation. Totally. So so much can change. Obviously, there is no better recent example than Spencer Rattler, who went from surefire number one overall pick to <laughs> transferring to South Carolina to try and salvage his yeah. draft stock in the span of a year. And I remember a year ago, the dialogue we were having was, oh, boy, how many first-round picks is Oklahoma going to have? Because could, Rattler could go in the first round, Perry on Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas could all go in the first round. Maybe Wanye Morris could go in the first round if he has a good year at OU. And the highest drafted OU player this past weekend was 64th overall. So. So much can change, I expect that so much will change, and more than anything else, it's just dependent on what kind of year Dylan Gabriel has in Jeff Levy's offense, and especially whether he can stay healthy for a full season.
0: Yeah, I I don't think that we're going to be, regardless of the season, I don't think that we're going to be talking about Dylan Gabriel as the number one overall selection since C.J. Stroud is there, since Bryce Young is there, but you're right, man. Never would have thought in a million years, a month before draft day, that Baker Mayfield was going to go number one overall, uh-huh. right? So crazy things can happen during draft time. But at least as of right now,
1: everyone's like,
0: Dylan Gabriel? I don't think he's a first-round
1: draft pick. Imagine telling anyone a year ago, Tyler, that Kenny Pickett was going to get drafted no, yeah, at no all, way. let around, let alone be a first-round pick and the number one quarterback yeah, off the board. No way. All right, final segment of
0: Locked In coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. for the homeless suitor fans. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems, eliteroofing.com. Someone's asking on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, any news on quarterbacks and wide receivers that might be coming from the portal? I think it's more interesting to talk about the uh, backup quarterback situation right now, but we can definitely get into wide receivers. Before the show today, Parker, I kind of – you know, it's like scan the transfer portal wire to see which quarterbacks are available and kind of like we have speculated all along there's not really any names that it's going to make you say "Ooh, yeah I'm interested in that one like one notable name and only the hardcore recruiting fans are probably going to remember this guy but Jack Sears who is currently um, in the portal played at Boise State last year is in it so If you hated my idea of uh, Gary Bohannon, and God knows everyone did last week, you will not be very impressed with the other names that are in the transfer portal right now. There are no names that would make you say, yeah, I want to go get that
1: guy. Yeah, nobody really jumps out. Also, by the way, this is too good not to share. Every so often we get a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from a number that I assume is Clark Stroud's burner phone. Because he always says something in unwavering support of Muleshoe. This time he said, earlier you referred to human excrement. Every time you say something disparaging about Coach Riley, you clearly establish that you are worthless pieces of suit. I love that. F <sighs> you. It's a nine one eight number. The, the spelling error just makes it all the much more. Um, I, I know this. I was in
0: Tulsa last Thursday. So many great people in Tulsa, especially uh, the OU fans up there. That is not an OU fan. That is uh, texting us from a nine one eight number. Uh, this one, uh, I, I knew in February of Baker's draft year that he was going number one. In fact, I helped engineer it with the NFL Network and Fox Sports. That is our USC mole that we have on the text line. Okay. We do have a USC mole on the text line. And that's uh, what uh, it's what she's sitting today. So all right, back she, in February.
1: She, yep, yep,
0: yep, Oh, yep, the mole yep. the mole yep. is a
1: female? That's correct. Okay, wow. We got, stuff. Got,
0: we got boots on the ground everywhere. I love me. it. We got I love it. We knew first. K ref is worldwide. We knew first before anyone else when the Missouri State bus was leaving in the COVID year in 2020. Because Mike, (laughs) our mole up there in Springfield, told us, hey, Missouri State is headed this way. There will be a football game on Saturday. Because there was, uh, I guess, questions. as later as like like Friday morning. Yeah, if they were actually going to play the game. And Mike texted us, nope, I am in Springfield. I can independently confirm that the Missouri State bus has left.
1: There will be football this weekend. And it was the same thing the following week with Kansas State, too as late as like friday I afternoon know. that week he was like oh, is Kansas state going to make it down and which, not only did they make it down they made it down in one
0: which makes it one of the worst losses in um in school history i you you ended up being able to rally and win a conference championship that year and have the nice ending with the cotton bowl so it's not like it spiraled the season out of control or anything but not only did you lose to kansas state at home when you were a massive favorite but you blew 2 21 point leads parker and Kansas State at that point was pretty decimated by uh, by covid and almost didn't have enough players to to get here
1: i would argue Jeez. that is the worst loss of the mule shoe era it's Oklahoma. not
0: yeah yeah that it, that's that's not close it is definitely the worst loss of the mule shoe era it's one of the worst losses period though i don't think it is the worst loss um maybe embarrassing is a is a better word for that one But um, it's still embarrassing today that you – gosh, just – of course, you get a pump block in that game because homeboy didn't care about special teams out there, and he sucked at it every single year. But, yeah, that – that. what else – What is there any other comparison to the worst loss? Iowa
1: State in 2017, they were like 30-point favorites in that game. So that's – it's probably between that game and Kansas State in 20. Yeah, but you didn't blow two – the fact that you were up by three touchdowns
0: twice – I think makes it a much worse loss than the Iowa State game at home. And still, you were able to rally that year and make it to the college football playoff and nearly play for a national championship that year, even after uh, losing to Iowa State at home.
1: There were some dudes over the years that bailed Muleshoe out of some much more embarrassing losses at Oklahoma. Oh,
0: the Kansas game this year—that would have been, without a doubt. The uh, most embarrassing and worst loss in program history. If you, if you lose that one, so you're right. You got you got bailed out a, a, a couple of times. Tech
1: in Lubbock in 2018. That was another one.
0: Yeah. Well, Tech in uh, 2016. You won that one. Well, that was one of the most embarrassing wins in program history. Because uh, Mahomes threw for like 600 yards that day. Seven thirty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Okay, I'm done with this conversation. We got to get out of here. All right, the rush coming up next. That'll do it for Parker. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless center fans.